Hello and welcome. I'm AJ. I'm Alex. And this is NTVN New Tech Vintage Nerds. Today we're going to revisit a couple of topics from last time because since we went on a rampage all talking about photography, it might be a good idea that the things we planned then, well, we revisit like now. So. Uh, well, some templates we never got to. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like uh, the whole migration of Homey Pro. Oh, yes, indeed. And uh, Luxon and Luxberry. Oh, yes. And I got a comment. You promised to talk to for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. I, I, I am going to. But all first, right, I right. got a comment from a friend that told me, yeah, you talk a lot about photography with your drone, but... Have you already told them that you can't swim with it? So when we get started, I want to talk about that. So hit that intro. So the whole drone photography and using it as a submarine. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Using it as a submarine wasn't part of the topic. No, well, it, it, it was not on the box as well. So um, I use my drone a lot for photography. I, I take a lot of aerial pictures and uh, I'm going to put one in the show notes. And it's pretty good. You, you can do a lot of things. And one day we went with, uh, with two friends on a boat or a ship, always guessing what to call it that day because ship or boat, whatever. But um, we were filming and taking pictures on the boat with the drone. And it's, it's pretty okay. We uh, put a drone into the air while uh, mid-journey. So we were on a lake and then we put it up. That's not an issue. The only thing you have to remember is to set your home point or actually... Uh, when the battery drains and it's almost empty, it will return to your home point. But your boat uh, is probably not there where you uh, went up in the air with the drone. It's a bit of an issue. So you have to make sure that that you update your home point or that you let it fly uh, with you. And all the Actually, time... that wasn't the first drone that got lost. No, uh, no I'm going to talk about that later. I won't. I won't spoil it. So um, with this one, the whole time when we were on the lake, everything went okay. And when we got to the shore, I just tried some cool things, and I did a, a nose dive with a drone. And normally, when it's above, well, uh, uh, let's say it's twenty centimeters, then it detects the the ground, and then it it tries to land. But on water, I'm not sure what happened, but well, let's say it didn't land. Zero point was below water. So um, I pulled the controls and it nosedived into the water and then it came back up again. So it, it was still flying. Not good, but it was still flying. Anyway, I mean, it did survive. Sort of, because... Um, after that, a couple of sensors didn't work anymore, so I still had to send it to DJI for a repair. But the at least I had them. I, I didn't have to dive into the water myself. 
and and it was not as bad as someone you and me both know who unpacked his drone on a sailing ship in the Caribbean, started his drone just to see a tip overboard and never see again. <laughs> nope. No, that that was a great one. No, so I had my drone. Yeah. There you go. But like you said, my drone experience is uh, a bit hit and miss. It's a bit erratic. Yeah, well, I, I tend to do things that probably are not wise with the drone. Like when it's uh, windy outside, put your drone up and thinking, well, when it's above the, the houses, it will probably fly a bit better than it is now. What could possibly go wrong? Well, I think the drone flew very well in that wind because I never saw it back. <laughs> it flew so well, it flew back to where it came from. Yeah, uh, to outer space, I think. So, no, that was, uh, well... Not, not a cool experience. So, so, my advice would be to all those that want a drone, <laughs> fly with it and really try to use it as often as possible and make sure that you know the, the little things about your drone and try if it flies okay before you do anything. Uh, I was going to say stupid, but like I did, stupid. And um, make sure that it goes left and right, up and down, simple things like that before you, you head up. Make sure you get used to the controls, yeah. to how it responds to the controls. Also, you know, when you turn the drone 180 degrees around, then left suddenly is right and right yeah. suddenly is left. Yeah, that's Well, that's that can trick. have some unexpected effects. Yeah. When I fly back and I'm almost um, where uh, I want to start, then I turn the drone so it flies backwards, but then left is left and right is right. So how many drones have you had until now? Uh, three. Uh, that, that is including the one that flew away. Uh, yes. If you take the repair into account, I, I got a new drone uh, as part of the repair. So it's actually four. I don't, don't count that one. Okay. Oh, it's still the down. same purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had a Parrot, a small drone I, I got from a, from a friend. Then I bought one on iBoot. Pretty cheap. Now I know why. Um, why? Well, it didn't. It, it wasn't very good. Oh, okay. Or at least I tell myself that. And the third one is a DJI Mavic Air 2. And, and that's the one that's... Okay, that's an expensive one. Yeah. So uh, I also did all the training necessary because you have to get certified these days. So I did all those things and I really flew with a drone to get more acquainted with it. So it's... It was not on the first day. Oh, let's see how high it goes. And if you go high with a drone and your stomach turns, it, it's you see there a thousand euros hanging in the air. It's it, it's not fun. It, you get a bit uh, cautious. There is a risk that it will fly out of your reach. Yeah, and and even if it's just a hundred and twenty meters, that's the maximum for the drone in. Uh, in Europe or actually in the Netherlands when you're not in a no-fly uh, no zone. But 120 meters, it's the drone is like 30 centimeters uh, wide. You, and can't, you can hardly see it when it's when it's that high. Yeah, and it's uh, the sun shines or there's a bird flying that you, that you think, where is my drone? 
Is, and, is that my drone? Oh, hold on. That's a bird. <laughs> yeah. And since I got some experience uh, with drones, not being um, able to control them. So th it's... But in the meantime, at least uh, uh, determining by the footage I've seen, uh, you've got it pretty well under control. Yeah, I, I do now because uh, I, I got a complete setup for it. Uh, I, you can control it with your mobile phone. I, I do have the uh, yeah controller, and then you can put your uh, phone on it for video yeah. uh, output. And you always, and obviously I do that as well, you always should be able to keep your drone uh, in line of sight with your own eyes so the camera is more to see oh, what my, it is seeing my eyes are so, uh, sort of uh, need some help yeah so uh within the, my line of sight is um, depending on the interpretation of it oh, yeah. okay so in, in a line of sight is you, you can hardly see it when it's 100 meters up in the air so assume that it's 100 meters away from you in left or right. But then imagine that the drone can fly more than two kilometers away from you. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how far because I got to keep it inside. So two kilometers, you, you can't see that thing of 30 centimeters uh, no. from two kilometers ahead. Definitely not. No. So I don't do that. I don't do that, <laughs> obviously. So no, it, it, it's, it's a great hobby. You can make great pictures with it and, and make good footage with it. But you got to practice a lot. Obviously. Well, what is it that you do with it? I take pictures. What do you mean? Of what? Oh, so. Um, when do you take it out? Where? What is What is a deciding moment? You say, okay, this is this is where I, I take out my drone and, and yeah, use the camera. When something happens or when something interesting is uh, visible. So it, around my house, it was a lot of fun to do that when our house was built or when the neighborhood was built um, and fly around cranes and stuff like that. But now it's only when I go somewhere, when I go out with, uh, with friends uh, running or on holiday, then the drone goes uh, with us and then I make uh, some drone shots of the environment or the, the vicinity where we are. So I can right. put that into a uh, video. Yes, guys, I know I have three years to do of video material. I know they're coming. Um, not, a, not a word from me. <laughs> no, but uh, those kind of things. So we went to uh, Nijmegen. There's a face next to the water. It's a... Uh, it's an art piece, but it's, it's nice to fly around it with uh, with your drone, so you can uh, get snapshots from all sides or uh, shots of a particular bridge. It's uh, th those kind of things. Okay, so, cool. Not at home. What I always hear about drones is that the battery life is is terrible, right? You you, you bring twelve batteries and then you can fly ten minutes per battery yeah. and then you're done. How, how is that in in reality? It depends on the drone. It depends on the wind. It depends on the temperature. So when I fly with my drone, then, uh, well, I, I have three batteries and each battery in optimal circumstances will take me, I think, 32 to 36 minutes of flight time. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. 
when the wind is hard, then it will be uh, lower than that because, uh, well, it, it's got to stay up in the air. It has to fight against, against yeah. the wind. Yeah, yeah but, but if you look at the, the smaller drones and the, the FPS drones, the first-person uh, FPS, no, that's 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 gaming. First person view. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Obviously, that, that will cost battery as well. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, and and the small racing drones that uh, that have a smaller batteries and those are empty in, within well ten minutes or something like that. Yeah, but they are aimed to just you know fly a race and then be done with it. Other than yeah. you know the Mavic or whatever you have, uh, those are recreational drones, and the longer then they can stay up, the longer you have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I put it in race mode, um, the battery obviously uh, also drains quicker. Yeah. And if I put it into, what's it called, uh, tripod mode, then you get cinematic shots, and then then it moves slowly, and then it will, the, the battery will be preserved more because it flies uh, slowly, and the 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 acceleration or de- deceleration of the the drone is also well uh, smoothed out. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I was a bit confused by the term tripod mode. Yeah, tripod at hundred meters in the air. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, or you know, do you screw the drone to a tripod and then what? Yeah, and then you take the tripod up in the air. No. Yeah, no. yeah that would be a bit silly. So yeah, um, but I, I get it. Yeah. All right. It's, it's pretty good. Um, I'll put the show in the show notes the the video of my drone. Taking water, I think it's funny. Now I can laugh at it now. So, <laughs> not at the time, but now you can. Yeah, yeah. So, All right. Enough drones, homie pro. What did yes. you do? Well, I didn't do a lot, oh, and, okay. and that actually was very good. <laughs> so, as you may remember, um, AJ's home automation platform of choice is her home assistant um, but i am on homey for those who who do not know uh homey h-o-m-e-y uh, is a, a hardware device that you place into your home and you can attach all kinds of um uh, home automation devices to it it's got uh, z-wave or z-wave it's got zigbee it's got matter it's got thread it's got uh bluetooth it's even got infrared it's got 433 and 800 and uh, whatever megahertz i can't remember what's it 433 866 that's it yeah um so uh, it can basically control almost any device you throw at it as long as there's an app for it you can control it so um homie originally uh was a kickstarter project um, back in 2014, I think, 2014, 2015, um, it was a Kickstarter project and uh, a lot of people actually um, subscribed to that, uh, spend about, I think it was about 200, 250-ish euros on it. Uh, but um, I, honestly, uh, I was never a, one of the Kickstarter folks, but uh, shortly after I did buy it when it was a commercial product. Um, so that would be 2016-ish. And that was the original Homey, so it wasn't called Homey Pro back then. And in 2019, I replaced it with the Pro Edition, which had uh, a bit more oomph, so a bit stronger processor, a bit more memory. And um, well, if you have a lot of devices, which I have, and a lot of different brands, which I have, you have a lot of apps loaded, and obviously a lot of apps consume a lot of memory. 
So when, when you say apps, what, what do you mean with, with that? So an app basically is an integration of a specific brand. Uh, uh, usually the, uh, the apps go by brand. So if you have a census from Fabaro, you've got the Fabaro app. Um, but also if you have the uh, switchable plugs from Fabaro, that's the same app. But uh, I also have uh, the switchable plugs from AOTech. And I've got some from uh, cool, Neo Coolcam. And for every brand, you have to load an app. So I think I'm, I'm around 30 apps right now because I've loaded everything into it. And like I explained um, in the home automation episode, if you can remember and otherwise, uh, AJ will link below um, okay. or above or somewhere. Um, in the show notes. In the show notes, there you go. What was I going to say? If you remember from that episode. Yeah. So... Um, the the no, I can't remember what I want to say. Anyway, uh, thing is, uh, it, my Homey Pro was from 2019, so we're now 2024. There is a new Homey Pro. It's called Homey Pro 2023. Very um, original, creative naming, yeah. and um, this one again has double the amount of RAM, triple the amount of storage, which is a bit strange because. Honestly, I rather have it the other way around, but yep. yeah. uh, apart from that. And it's basically, and that's the, the fun part, it's based on a Raspberry Pi uh, compute module. For oh, okay. That's basically what's inside. And on the uh, on the Homey, uh, on the Homey platform, so the Homey operating system, which is, again, I think based on Linux, if I'm correctly informed, but um, actually I never really uh, dug into that because well, the system itself is sort of closed. You don't get a console mm. or anything, which well, has advantages and disadvantages. The advantage is you can never break it. The disadvantage is if something's broken, you can't look into it. Yeah. Um, that's a choice you make. So the thing is that once and, and every uh, person who does something with home automation is aware of this, you know, you onboard all the devices, all your devices, and, and, and at a certain point in time, you have, you don't have 20, right? You you have 80 or 100, 120. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. I never counted them, but there, it's quite a lot. There are a lot, yeah. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's around 100, 120 ish. Because every door sensor, every plug, every uh, every app uh, counts as as an element. So yeah, that's uh, you you soon get to 100, 120 devices if you do this for a while. And then every device has, um, well, as you call it, I think in home automation, is seen. Uh, no? Yeah, you, you got a scene that, call, that that does a lot. Homey calls of it flows. So a flow is something that triggers something, right? Uh, okay. um, if uh, if uh, if it, if it gets dark outside, turn on the lights. That's a flow. Yeah. Okay. That's an automation in uh, Home Assistant. Okay, an automation then. If uh, uh, I get home, uh, uh, open my door. I don't know if you've got an electronic lock. I've got one. Wouldn't recommend it though. But that's a different story. So that those are flows, and those flows are the one are the, that's the part that consumes the time. You know, it's not the onboarding of all the of all the devices that that's you spend the most time. The flows, tuning the flows, is yeah. what is the, the most time consuming of home automation. Yeah, so when I you agree. migrate from one platform to the next, or from one hardware device to the next, you do not want to recreate all those flows because that will set you back days, if not weeks. 
Yep. So you're always looking for what is the easiest way to contain everything I have uh, in that platform I'm, I'm on and, and move that to the next platform. So the advantage, I move from one Homey Pro to the next. So the uh, wonderful thing about uh, the Homey ecosystem is I can take a backup and then I can restore a backup. Yep. And you know what? Those two devices are compatible because they are both uh, ARM based. Okay. So I can take a backup from the old homie and restore it on the new homie. How about that? And guess what? It worked almost. Yeah, that was one drawback. And, yeah, and, and that drawback was Zigbee. Oh. I had to repair all Zigbee devices. Now, fortunately, I had, did not have a lot of devices directly on Zigbee, directly connected to the homie. So yes, Philips U is also Zigbee, but all my Philips U lights are connected to the U hub. Mm. So not directly connected to uh, Homey. Meaning that those lights just remain connected to the hub and I just reconnect the hub and that's fine. Yeah. But um, I did have a couple of lights uh, specifically in my garden and a couple of lights in, in uh, inside the home that were actually uh, also on Zigbee and a couple of inner lights, uh, I-N-N-R, if you are f- uh, familiar with the brand. And um, I basically had to completely reset those and uh, reconnect those. That was a bit annoying. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I, but, I haven't seen uh, that on, on my own system. I, I haven't done a migration from Zigbee, but if I recall the documentation correct, it it should be possible to migrate from one network controller to the next. It should be repairable, yes. For some reason, I don't know why that does not work with Homey. Okay. But like I said, fortunately, I didn't have a lot of devices in there, so uh, it wasn't a big pain. I think I I have two or three devices left. I still have to do, but those are somewhere buried in my garden. I will do this sometime in in uh, uh, in spring when when we get to dry. That. Yeah, well, but not that, but it's you know the 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 um, water and temperature sensors from my water pump, and that one is in in the garage now anyway. So I don't really care about the temperature sensor in in the water pump house right housing right now because yeah. there's no water pump water water pump in there, so I don't care. If it freezes, yeah, then it freezes. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind. So this will be interesting again somewhere around March, April timeframe. But um, yeah, the migration also so went actually very well. So um, I didn't have to recreate any flows. I did have to edit some because the old homie actually had a loudspeaker. Mm. And new homie does not. So uh, some notifications that I made uh, were actually uh, combined with a sound and text-to-speech uh, from the old homie, and the new homie does not have that. So I had to rebuild those flows, but I think there's only four or five-ish flows, and the rest is was all fine. Yeah, what did you do with that? Did you put something else on the audio, or you done, you're skipping uh, audio totally? Actually, um, with the uh, Sonos integration of Homey, you can actually let Sonos do the text-to-speech. Oh, yeah. So uh, instead of Homey now telling me that the washing machine is ready, now Sonos tells me. Yeah, okay. So and it's all house, so it's, it's probably even better. Yeah, we've got a million of those things, so. Yeah. So d- did you already investigate that combined with... Uh, 
presence detection or location detection in your house that you only hear uh, the millimeter wave no i haven't oh. no i haven't I haven't got around to that yet i know someone's working on that but uh i have not seen uh the integration yet yeah well my uh, i have a lot of um, um mm wave modules uh from uh, ali uh, still have to solder something to solder it them and, together. Uh, probably yeah, well, I was, for next I winter was pretty- Exactly. I was busy doing some WLED stuff, and and uh, uh, well, it, it well, it was just lying around now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that. that's uh, indeed that's uh, that uh, uh, that is still something that that is in the works. It's still very interesting, but um, right now, Homey does not have a direct solution for it. Um, but it's uh, it's I think it's something that's in the works. Now, I'm not going to say that Home Assistant does something like that, but. Uh... Home Assistant does something like that. Yes, I know. <laughs> and so you said it's it's based on a, a Raspberry Pi. Yes. So does that mean that when the CM5 comes out or is out, that you can switch that? Or since it's a it's a black box, you don't have any uh, thing that you can upgrade in in that. That is a good question to which I do not know the answer. Okay. Um, but- Obviously, or probably, you can take the home apart. The, the it's it's just a a, a flat black puck, but um, I don't think you can actually t- uh, swap out the CM4 module. It would it would be beneficial though. But um, yeah, the only thing well that is disappointing, and that's not quite true, but it it is sort of is um, they actually used. Um, the one with three gigabytes of storage, which I think it had one or two in the past. I can't remember. I think two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from two to three. Um, but we went from uh, one gigabyte of RAM to two gigabytes of RAM. And I would rather have seen them taking a bit of a larger module. That would have been nice. You know, the one with the four gigs. Yeah. That would have really made me happy. Yeah. Because um, life and uh, uh, and in color, the current uh, uh, memory utilization of my current homie, after I removed uh, 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 a couple of apps and uh, re-added them after we migrated, uh, my current memory usage is 1.67 gigabytes of two. Okay. So that's a bit disappointing. It's um, it, it's almost starting to swap to disk again, but that's yeah, and it, that is uh, well. As soon as you get over the the uh, the ninety ish uh, uh, percentage utilization, you still seriously start to notice problems. Mm, too bad. Uh, and and you you will see that in the form of apps that are crashing, apps that stop just stop functioning. No. Oh. Oh, that's, um, that's a shame. Yeah, that's and it's also very annoying. So one thing I can report is the fact that the as the CPU is significantly faster. I think the original was a quad core, and this is an eight core, or the original was a two core, and this is a quad core, something like that. Mm. Um, it, it this now is is uh, well when it boots um, the original homie I have, well the 2019 Pro. I had uh, took almost 10 minutes to boot. So Whoa. from putting in the plug 
and and the light actually coming on to um it being done with all loading all the apps that were on there uh roughly nine nine and a half minutes and um this one uh takes about two three ish that that's a difference that is a significant difference yes well i know that because it it has to start up the zigbee network again it it takes more time but like nine minutes that's uh a difference of like six, seven minutes. That's a lot. Yeah. So it, uh, and like I said, it does do Zigbee. It does do Z-Wave. It does Matter. It does Threat. It does Bluetooth. It does uh, uh, 433 and 866 megahertz. It does infrared. It does all that. And that has to boot all those antennas and all yeah. those radios. Yeah, it's really an all-in-one. It is, yeah, and this this is the, the the wonderful fact about it, you know. Um, it is in my living room. I actually made a little tray for it in uh, uh, Tinkercad, and uh, so it's mounted to the same box that the original homie was mounted to, and um, it's uh, 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 it can uh, operate my TV via inf an infrared blaster from from uh, well, I think it's in the middle of the living room, and my TV is way to the left still it was able to reach that so um uh, generally uh for instance uh during the day we always have radio on here um also right now it's all all, all around the house because well sonos uh all around the house we have radio on and as soon as i switch on the tv homie detects with the infrared that the tv has switched on um although i'm not sure if it's infrared or the app it's interesting <laughs> I, I should look at, should look into that, but it detects that the TV is on and then switches off the Sonos. Oh, nice! That's really nice. Yeah, I, I do something with with the automations in Home Assistant, but I don't use infrared for these kind of things because um, my Home Assistant computer is right um, um, beside me uh, in, in my office. Um, but everything that that's uh, that's got an Ethernet connection or Wi-Fi connection, it it's it can it can control that uh, remotely, so uh, I don't have to put it inside. But yours was pretty pretty nice. That the the 2019 version was uh, like like a round thing with lights. It it, it looked something. It was li a little a little ball with a with an LED ring. Yeah. Around it. Now it's a flat puck with an LED round uh, ring around it. Yeah. Ah, okay. So it's it's basically the same shade of dull as all those other things well it's not that it's not that dull it's just a different form factor well i, I have to say um the the little bowl it it, it was a bit was it quite a bit cuter than the flat puck yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the, the 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 flat puck isn't good for the wife acceptance factor the little bowl was yeah so um yeah yeah well i, I but, shouldn't i shouldn't talk about dull because that what i have is you don't see it uh, like Home Assistant or like the Luxon in, in my utility closet. There's a gray cabinet on top of it, so you, you, you can hardly see it. Speaking of Luxon. Yes. You owe our audience an explanation on Luxon and Luxberry. So, yes. Um, so I'm not sure if you know what Luxon is. I have no flipping idea. Oh, shoot. Well, Luxon is a... It, it's 
too too small to say it's a home automation solution because it's a building automation solution. Like there are a couple of things like uh, KNX. It's real. Yeah. Sorry, X10. Stuff like no, that. no, um, KNX. Um, yeah, that's a wired in solution. There's a oh, okay, yes. Th there's a, a signal wire, and there's the actual uh, actuator. So th there's going a signal to, signal to your outlet, and then it can trigger your outlet. Right. So that that's KNX. The Luxon system is more th there's parts of it that does the same. So you can have uh, signal wires or uh, sensors in your house that give input to, to your Luxon system. And Luxon is more like a um, programmable logic computer. It, it's a purpose-built device purely for controlling um, um, live wires or uh, um, how do you call them? Relays. You can really trigger relays and right. get input from sensors like temperature or um, the the uh, how bright it is outside. Right. Okay. But that's really the basis, and you can do some stuff on networking level. You you can do a call to uh, a REST API and uh, get that information into uh, Luxon. But that's, I hope I don't uh, offend anybody, but it's uh, it, it's not very good. Well, it it does what it should do, but you can't do a lot with it. So you can't okay, say... So what, is it, what is it that you do with it? Well, um, I wanted to pull out the information from the internet about the weather state so I can automate my screens. Right. Uh, you can do that with uh, Luxon directly. So some real intelligent German people created a solution that's called Luxberry. So a Luxon add-on that you can install on your Raspberry Pi. It's like home bridge for bridging systems from Homey and Home Assistant to uh, HomeKit. Yeah. Luxberry does something similar. And okay. there are a lot of plugins available, like weather, but I put something in my notes. I, I try to find the notes. Uh, you can do a CalDev integration, so uh, pulling information out of a calendar. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, from a, from a cal diverse calendars, like, yeah. like a, a Gmail calendar or... Yeah, or the Apple One. It's called Google or, Calendar. It's called Gmail yeah. Calendar. Or, um, or an, an Exchange uh, or, or uh, S360 calendar. Yeah, exactly. And there's a integration or a plugin they call it for a UPS tools. I don't use that because I still have no working UPS. Um, something for another time. Um, but also integrations with Alexa, OneWire, uh, Chromecast, oh, wow. things that okay. normally you can't do with with a billing automation system like uh, Luxon. Right. So I really, really, really wanted to do an upgrade of Luxberry because I installed it like five years ago when we um, um, installed everything in the house. Then I installed. That's a long runtime. That's, That's a long, long runtime. Run yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ran. It, it ran on a on a Raspberry Pi. Um, no, 
because <laughs> I installed the Loxone system. That's still running. Okay. Um, actually, there's nothing attached to it, so it's more taking out uh, power than anything else. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and the Loxberry I had installed on the Raspberry Pi that already died because it, it was uh, installed on a SD card and you know SD cards in writing it's it, that was it, exactly why I was asking because well you know a Raspberry Pi running for five years without interruption having no problems that's fairly unique yeah uh, yeah it is so it didn't <laughs> so right. this time I w wanted to install it on a, a NUC an Intel NUC and unfortunately I was too stubborn because there's like home assistant there's an image for it you can download with diet pi a specific flavor of uh, linux for raspberry pi that okay. you can also install on an intel cpu so it's, it's obviously a, a different image than the one for the raspberry pi yeah um the thing was that i downloaded the most recent diet pi with Debian 12 in it, I thought, great, I want that. It's it's new, it's secure, and everything. I don't have to upgrade my system uh, next week. But it's not compatible. I downloaded the installer, and it said, you need Debian 11. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so what I did was hack the, uh, the installer, because it, it was just a bash uh, script. And you can put in the top three items was um, which version and how it's called. So I changed that and almost everything installed okay, but Apache doesn't run anymore and some other minus things. It, it's a web interface, so Apache not running might be a bit of a problem. That's, that's a bummer, yes. Uh, yeah, so, and there... I ended it uh, uh, yesterday. It's not, it's not fixable. I haven't looked into it because oh, uh, okay. during that whole exercise, I did something rather interesting with our network. I put an additional cable into the network and then my wife came from her office telling me that we lost internet. So that was a good one. That's called uh, a loop, my friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I... I, I that's, that's what... <laughs> That's what RSTP is for, or yes. actually against. <laughs> I, I know, and still it failed because it was the second uplink to our Wi-Fi access point in the living room, and I put it just somewhere in the network, and and I'm not really sure why it failed, but it created a loop, even though RSTP is on, RTSP, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm, RSTP. I, I'm, I'm not sure speaker. what happened. Oh yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm vintage. There right? is separate loop detection in Unify, so um, I think that that is where you went wrong. Yeah, anyway. probably. I, I just <laughs> yanked the cable out, and hey, internet is working again. Everything started working again. Yeah. All right. So that's something I still need to do, um, and I. The thing is, I really want to use that that thing because it's it's direct connected to a two hundred thirty volt, so it it can switch real outlets instead of wireless and the plug that you put into it. it it's called a smart plug. Well, wow, 
I just want to switch it on and off uh, remotely. And actually, I don't want it to be a um, a wireless network. I know Zigbee and Z-Wave and everything. It, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty secure. But yeah, well, wh- why if you have a closet where every everything comes together and you can switch there? Why shouldn't you use it? Fair point. So. Um, yeah. So, so there this. will be a to be continued on Logsberry. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, All right. It, it will continue. All right. Oh, on that bombshell for today. No. Any tips? Well, um, yes. Don't install Debian twelve when you're installing uh, Logsberry. <laughs> yeah, too late for that. Yeah. No, no real tips for uh, today. Other than if you buy a drone, if you buy one from DJI, make sure that you. Also purchase the uh, DJI drone refresh. I'm not sure uh, how it's called. I'll, I'll put it in the link. Um, it, you pay like 75 euros, and then you can claim two failures or flyaways. So if your drone fails, you get a new one. Oh, that's nice. Yep, and it only costs you that's, 75 that's, bucks. That's seriously easy money because if you get if if it gets lost or broken. Yeah, it's a multitude of seventy-five euros. Yeah, and it, it, it's just like your car insurance. You, you hope you don't need it, but if you do, you're, you're very, very glad happy. you have one. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. So uh, my tip this week is um, the iFixit uh, kit. Okay. And the reason why I got to that was actually because I got one as a present, uh, but I had the extended one. Uh, uh, I already uh, owned as a uh, good old-fashioned tinkerer that I am. Um, and I wanted to just uh, um, break a leg for it, uh, um, show it off. You know, I've got this, and I'm showing it right now. But I will show, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, this is actually the um, the more luxurious kit with the whole roll of um, tools in it. Um, and it also has, which is quite wonderful, it's got a, a magnetic plate inside of that roll, which is so practical if you do not want to use your screws because I tend to drop them all. Um, and I've got a gray floor, so you know what happens then. You will never find them again until you trip over them. Um, but um, I bought the uh, the deluxe version with, uh, I don't know, a million bits. Um, this is very, very extensive. Um, I'm showing it okay. on camera for those who are listening. Um so are there specialty bits in it, like like for opening your phone and stuff like that? Yes. every uh, This this kit has every bit you can think of. Okay. So uh, also the ones that you need to open your iPhone or your Android phone or your MacBook, the specific, the, the small ones with the hole in it. Low it's it's yeah. got those. Oh, so um, I can highly recommend uh, having this in your home if you are doing anything uh, yourself with electronics this is definitely the kit to have put a link in the show notes nice well with that i think we'll close the connection and uh, just uh, want to say if you got anything that you want us to know please let us know in the comments like subscribe then we probably can make some more and uh, with that see you next time peace out bye <laughs>